this morning, so I started out talking about there are things available to you in the deep end. There are things, right, that, that you, until you step into the deep end, you won't realize what's available to you. So what I want to say to you this morning is that every promise of God is yours. So, let, let me say that one more time because you ain't listening yet. You guys are not awake and ready for the word yet, I don't think. Every single promise in the word of God in Christ is yours. Did you know that? Yeah, somebody needs to make some noise. You ain't getting nothing if you ain't getting excited about it, all right? Every promise is yours, but how you claim your promises of God in your life determines whether or not you are able to, okay? So what I want to say is everything is available to you, but not everything is accessible by you. There is a difference between what's available and what's accessible. God has laid out promises in his word for you, and all of them are available to you. Did, did you know that? Don't get confused. We're not preaching prosperity gospel this morning. Okay? Dang it. Just because I preach it doesn't make it true, okay? So I can't just, I can't, well, maybe I can. I don't know. Let's see, I can prophesy it out to you, okay? So, but God laid every promise in his word, and those promises are meant for you. We are the children of God. The promises are for us. Or who else are they for? Who else could they be for? Every promise, every assurance, every good word, every hope. But see, you have to understand how to take hold of what's right in front of you. Right? So we're talking, we're finishing up this morning with the fruit of the Spirit. This is my last two fruits that I'm going to talk about. Fruit. Uh, the fruit of the Spirit, patience or forbearance and self-control. Oh, man, I knew eventually he's going to get to the self-control thing. And he's going to tell me that I need to control myself, okay? Everybody's always telling me to control myself. Get control of yourself. Well, there's a reason they keep telling you that, right? Because they're crazy. Because they're crazy. Don't listen to them. Don't worry about it. Um, all right, so we want to talk about that. So what I want to say to you is everything is available to you. Pastor Mark, can you come back up here for just a second? Everything is available to you if you understand how to access it. And how to access it deals with patience and self-control, right? So what, what I want to say to you this morning, so I have a lockbox here, okay? There's a lockbox here. Now, what I can say, you can check it, it's locked, okay? Let me, let me move some of this around here so you can see it. Yeah, take your notes. I don't want them. All right, so there's a lock box here, and that box is locked, okay? See, but there is financial blessing inside that box. It's available to you. I'm making it available to you, Okay? It is available to you, but you cannot access it. What are you missing? A little doohickey? Yeah. Oh, it's a thingamajigger. It's a who's what's it. That's right. Okay, so you need the who's what's it, right? Hold on. You can't, okay, here's the thing. In the world, you can cheat, right? You could pick that lock. You could bash it with a hammer. Right? You could find a way. You could drill it out, right? You could pull out your torch. I know Pastor Mark's pretty handy. He has a million tools that he's like, yeah. <laughs> right? You could run it over with your truck, see what happens, right? You could do, there's a lot of different things, right? You just put it up against the wall and bash it with the front end of your truck. That would work. That would be good, all right? But 
that's how the world works. You could cheat. But with the supernatural, with God, there is no way to access heaven by cheating and lying. You cannot cheat to get blessing. You cannot cheat to have God's favor, right? That's not how God works. So you, the only way you can access that is with the correct key. So I want you, can, you have the right key? So, so, see, you're busy. See, a lot of times in life, you're trying to get God's blessing. You're trying to get God's favor. You're trying to access the supernatural. You're trying to see healing, and you're trying to prophesy, and you're, you're trying to just live your life, a blessed life, and you can't access what God has for you, not because it's not available, but because you don't know how to, because you don't have the right key. Yeah, the clicker didn't work. Yeah, no, no. So the clicker didn't work. So what I want you to do is, Mark, how are you going to access that? How are you going to access that? If I lose control, I might be able to tear it apart. Okay, you can't, in, in heaven, you can't cheat. So, so in this role, I'm playing the giver of this, so I'm playing the role of God. How are you going to get what's in that box? Since I gave it to you. Yeah. So say, say it again, that I hold, say it again. Father. Sh sh make sure the white one's on. Father, you've given me a gift, and you hold the keys to allow me to receive the full blessing of this gift. Did you hear what he said? Okay. I put him on the spot because I wanted to see what he said. He doesn't, did I tell you about this beforehand at all? No. Okay, so here's what I want to say to you. Take, take that box and just step over a foot from me. There you go, right there. Make sure the camera's on him right now. I want you to tell you something. See, what we don't seem to understand is that we constantly beg God, we plead with God, right? When we don't realize what's available to us and how much access we actually have. See, he can stand here all day and I can send him off with that box, but if he doesn't have the key or if he doesn't know how to access the key, he will never open that box and receive the financial reward. Now, what I can tell you about that box is this. There is definitely not a $1 bill in there. There's a bill in there, but it's definitely not $1, Okay. It's not even $5. It's not a 20. It is not a 50. Are you a little more curious to get in that box? Yes, Father. And whatever's in there, you can keep today, okay? You can actually keep it. It's not just a demonstration. It's mine. I'm going to give it to you, okay? Up against the wall, I'm going to search you. Ha! <laughs> Did you hear that? He's going to search me, right? Now, here's what I want to say. You don't need to search me. You need to search you. See, because you're asking me for the key, but what the Lord said is that I went to hell, death, and the grave, and I snatched the keys to the dominion of earth, and I gave them to you. So the key is with you. Why don't you check your pocket? Your coat pocket. Oh, oh, oh. That looks like the right. This looks like it might just fit. Let's see. I, I didn't set this up with him beforehand. Now, I'd be concerned if this wasn't my father giving me this gift. Go. See, God will help you open the box. Oh, my gosh. I love it. <laughs> How did you know I collect $2 bills? <laughs> 
I said it wasn't a 1, 5, 20, 50. Well, I greatly appreciate this because I can turn this $2 bill into a blessing. That's right. You can give it away if you want. It's yours. See, Thank here's you. the thing about blessings. Here's the things about gifts. Reset that. Reset. Turn it off. Turn it back on. Oh. You guys better start giving. This is ridiculous. Silly. You got to turn it all the way off. Turn it back on. There we go. Ah, somebody gave. I saw a $20 bill fly in the air. Uh, we still, we still yes. got them off. You're going to have to hit one or eight. There you go. So uh, we have to give. We, we have to, we have to ha be available for the gifts that God has for us. All right, we're back. All right, so see, y'all, we need to fix some stuff. I'm not being, but the, here's the thing. You said you wanted the key for me. Yes. But you had the key the whole time. Yes. So why didn't you just grab the key and use the key that was already available and in your pocket? Because I looked in the wrong pocket, for one thing. You did. You checked your pants I pocket. Che well, you I was, checked the wrong pocket. I was going to pull my keys out to show that I didn't and have the key. Reaching for, yeah, he kept reaching for that pocket. And I'm like, oh, he knows it's in there. Did you know the key was in there? No, sir. <laughs> but no one knew I should have thought that first. Amen. You can take that. Amen. Give him a hand. That's a good sport. That's a good sport. He's going to be racking his head all day long trying to figure out how the key got in his pocket. Some of you guys know I, I can do that. All right? I can't take your money, but I can put it in there, okay? Ooh, that's good, right? All right, so he wasn't aware that the key was already available to him. He's had that key in his pocket all morning. He's been walking around here all morning long with that key in his pocket. What I want to tell you today is what's available to you is accessible to you if you realize that you already have the key and where it is and how to use it. You need to grab hold of the promises of God that he has given you so that you can access it. And one of the keys to accessing that is learning how to be patient and have self-control. So if you... I'm going to give you a tough word. I'm going to tell you a few things. They're going to step on some toes. But do you want to have access or not? If you don't want to hear anything hard, if you don't want to hear anything uh, but light and fluffy, I can tell you about how God blesses you and how God wants to bless you. But if I don't tell you how, then you will leave encouraged with nothing of substance to receive it. I want you to be blessed. I want you to be flowing in abundance. But it doesn't work. The prosperity gospel has got it kind of, they, they don't understand. There is prosperity in the gospel. But there's a way to access it. There's a way to live. There's, there's things that you can do to unlock blessing in your life, to unlock the presence of God in your life, to unlock the favor of God in your life. And if you don't know how to, where to access it, you will just stumble. So we are talking about that. So let me, let me explain this to you. Uh, uh, the, the gift of forbearance in many of your translations, means patience. So some of them say patience and forbearance, okay? Uh, or long-suffering, okay? Long-suffering. Uh, doesn't mean you suffer for a long time. It means patience, right? So um, the, the word self-control in the Greek is engratia, engratia. And it means dominion within. So self-control means dominion within. Within. 
self-control, or actually how that word is better translated because this is a fruit of the Spirit, is actually, this is a different kind of word for self-control. It is a spiritual self-control or a spirit control. Okay? Uh, meaning to proceeding, this is the definition of the Greek word, proceeding out from within oneself. Proceeding out from within oneself, but not by oneself. Something that proceeds out of oneself, but is not by that oneself. Self-control has very little to do with self. It actually has very little to do with you. What I want to suggest to you this morning is that self-control is the ability to remove yourself and allow God to have control. Self-control is not, I'm going to force my flesh to behave. But it's getting your flesh out of the way and allowing your spirit to take control of yourself. Amen? That's what self-control is. So I want to read you this story out of Matthew 22, verses 1 through 14. And it says this, And Jesus answered and spoke to them again by parables and said, The kingdom of heaven is like certain king who arranged a marriage for his son. And sent out his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding, and they were not willing to come. Again he sent out other servants, saying, Tell those who are invited, See, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen, my fatted calves are killed, and all things are ready. Come to the wedding. But they made light of it and went their ways, one to his own farm, another to his business. And the rest seized his servants, treated them spitefully, and killed them. But, uh, I think that got a little bit out of order there. Um, yeah, it seized his servants, treated them spitefully, and killed them. But when the king heard about it, he was furious. He sent out his armies, destroyed those murderers, and burned up their city. Then he said to his servants, The wedding is ready, but those who were invited were not worthy. Therefore, go into the highways, and as many as you can find, invite to the wedding. So those servants went out to the highways and gathered together all whom they found, both good and bad. And the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guests, he saw a man there who did not have on a wedding garment. So he said to him, friend, how did you come here without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then the king said, to the servant, bind him hand and foot, take him away, and cast him into outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. Say that with me. For many are called, but few are chosen. I want you to notice that the king invited both good and bad people. But you see him, he didn't call out any of the bad people, did he? You didn't see him go to any of the bad people and say, you're not welcome here. But he went to the one person who it doesn't say whether they were good or bad and says, you're not dressed right, right? That's why you got some churches telling you dress right for church, right? Okay, but we know how to dress for a wedding, don't we? So what I want to say to you is, is he says because he wasn't dressed correctly for this wedding with the king, he was sent away. Many are called, but few are chosen. See, he was called to come 
and participate in the blessing, in the feast, in the buffet that was available at the king's palace. But because he did not prepare himself, because he did not handle that situation, he was not chosen for the feast. Many are called, but few are chosen. Your calling is not conditional, but your choosing is. Your calling is not conditional. Every one of you have a calling on your life that God placed. And you say, well, I'm called to do this, and I'm called to do this. You are called, but your choosing is conditional on how you walk out that calling. So you can say, I'm called to preach. But if you never read the Word of God, what are you going to preach? Right? I'm called to lay hands and heal the sick, but you never pray. I'm called to be an evangelist. I ain't ever heard you share Jesus with nobody, including me. Who are you going to evangelize? Well, I'm supposed to be on a big stage, but you've never been willing to be in a small place and talk to one. God will never elevate you into your calling if he can't choose you because you are not prepared. You have the wrong garments on this morning. Amen? See, the word says to clothe yourself in the righteousness of Christ. It says to put on the full armor of God. Your armor and your wedding attire are one in the same. They give you access to what is available to you when you come dressed right. It amazes me, look, it, it amazes me how many people just don't take the time to put on their coverings. You haven't prepared yourself for the blessing. If you are not prepared for the blessing, you will be bypassed in the blessing. You want God to bless you, but you're on... <laughs> okay, this is the toe stomping. You want God to bless you, but you're unwilling to bless him. Can you imagine, some of you got some people in your life that call you all the time, message you, want you to bless them. I need you to bless me. Right? Any, I, do I got a witness in here? Anybody? Cheryl, I know it's true. Don't look at me like that. Okay? Somebody calling you, say, bless me. Right? I need, I need, and you got, you got my need. Right? Come on. Every single day, somebody's like, I need something. I, we got orphans, we got, right? Some of you guys think that we just have unlimited money to give to every orphan on the planet. We don't. But every single day, somebody wants something I got. Somebody wants me to bless them, but they don't want to bless me. So a lot of times what we do with our walk is that we, we want God to bless us, but we don't give a second thought to blessing him. That is not a relationship, Right? That is not a relationship. Husbands, you know, right? Your wife's like, I want to date. Oh, look, let me tell you. I'm going to tell on my wife for just a second here, okay? Right? My wife is always like, oh, I miss you. I work a lot. Uh, right? I miss you. And she's like, I need a date night. That's exactly how she does it, too. I need a date night. Right? <laughs> They're laughing because it ain't true. Uh, right? It's a terrible impersonation of her. She's going to beat me. Uh, no, she won't. She loves me. So she'll be, but she'll say, I need a date night, right? And, and I know how this works. I've been married to the woman for 20 years. I know exactly what's going to happen. We are going to go out. We're going to have an awesome evening. It's going to be lovely. We're going to get in the car. And in 
3.2 seconds, she's going to be snoring in the seat beside me, okay? She doesn't really snore, but she's just like, she, bob, she does the head bob, right? She's like, right? Some of you guys have spouses that do that, right? They're in the car, right? She falls asleep. So she falls asleep in the car, and she's out, and I'm like, this is such a great, So, you know, I'm a good husband, so I do the right thing. Are you sleeping? Are you sleeping? Are you sleeping? Now you guys know I would die, right? Yeah. That ain't happening, right? Are you sleeping? Oh, I'm sorry. Did I wake you up? Right? I just make sure when I stop the car at home, it's like, eh, you know? <laughs> what else? Oh, you wake now. Yeah. Okay. She wants time. <laughs> Some of us are willing to be blessed, but we are not willing to bless God. Right? We're saying, God, give me some more. And God is saying, when are you going to get it that I want the blessing that you want as well? Our blessings may look differently, but blessing is blessing. And in a relationship, both parties have to receive something, or it's not a relationship. It's called charity. Okay? Right? If that phone rings and you know it's somebody, and you're like, oh, they might be giving me something. Guess how fast you answer that phone. Don't lie, right? You see that number that you haven't seen in a minute, but you know it's Christmas time. You're like, <laughs> they're going to send me a present. I'm going to answer, right? But if you know it's that person that's always asking you for stuff, oh, I was in the shower. I, I, don't, I was in the shower. I didn't hear the phone. Uh, my phone just doesn't have reception, right? That's why I moved to the country because I don't have reception out there. And people are like, I tried to call you to borrow your truck and use you for stuff and have you come over and lift all my things. Oh, I, didn't, you know, I got no reception. I don't know. I don't know. Okay? Right? So are we going to bless God? How do we bless God? Oh, okay. Thank you. Somebody wants to know. All right. There's three ways you can bless God. One is through obedience. One is through obedience. When you obey God, the Word of God says, if you love me, follow my commands. So if you love him, show him by following his commands. Do what he says, right? Every wife in here can testify. That's right, husband. If you love me, you will follow my commands, right? <laughs> don't act like you don't do it at home. Look, you might submit to your husband in general, but I'm telling you at home, you're like, that does not go there, right? I'm going to put the Tupperware over. That's not where it goes. Listen to me, right? <laughs> Thank you for helping. Move, right? And men, we're smart. We know where it goes. We just get it wrong so you'll get frustrated and take over. So we're smart. And they're like, okay, we're, we're going to get out of your way and sit down in the recliner. Okay? Come on. Somebody should say amen me on that. All right? So when, we, when we're obedient to God, we bless him. Number two, obedience is better than sacrifice. We bless God through our sacrifice. We bless God through our sacrifices of time, talent, and our resources. Say it with me. Time, talent, resources. Those are the three things that blesses God when we sacrifice. Not just when we give, but when we sacrifice. Sacrifice is never easy. If it's easy, it's not a sacrifice yet. Okay? I just don't have that much time. Don't tell me what time you, don't tell me you don't have time to come to church because I'm pretty sure there are six other days and a whole rest of Sunday that you have time for everybody else. See, the difference is, is you don't prioritize God. He is not the priority of your time. 
Ask yourself if you spent the same amount of time with your spouse that you do with God, if you would stay married. But you expect him to come and get his bride. You expect him to come and claim you and marry you. See, he's in a betrothal stage right now. He's coming for his bride. You want him to claim you, but you ain't spending no time with him. You ain't sacrificing your time. You're not sacrificing your talents. You're not doing anything to serve him. You have talents. I know some of you are like, I'd sacrifice some, but I didn't get any. Right? And there's a few people around you like, no, I agree. He's right. No, seriously. He's right. He's right. No, he don't know how to do nothing, right? Some of you guys, right, you just, you, nobody wants you to do anything because you will uh, hit a corner on a round table, okay? Like, you're just clumsy, you, right? You fall down on flat surfaces with nothing around. Like, that's what you do, right? Some of you guys can't chew gum and walk. Like, I've seen some of you, right? It's like, I'm just going to chew right here. I knew a girl in high school that was exactly like that. She couldn't chew gum. You hear that's like, like a stereotype, but it happens, okay? Anybody in here like that? I can't believe you. No, we got one hand up. She admitted it. At least she's honest, all right? Woo! Right? You got you to be able to do this. You got to be able to co coordination. Coordination. All right? So you got talents that God wants to use. Let me move through this real quick. And you have resources. Let me tell you what, you're holding on to everything that belongs to God. You're going to be real surprised at what you don't have. You're going to be real surprised when you get to the other side of eternity and God said, I had a lockbox full for you, but you never, ever bothered to return to me what was mine, and so I never gave you what was yours. It's going to happen, I promise you. Number three is our praise and worship. And our prayers go in that as well. The Word of God says, be clothed in a garment of praise instead of a spirit of heaviness. Some of you guys are walking around heavy. I would praise God, but I'm just so heavy. I just got so many burdens, right? So instead of praising God, what do you do? I got to tell Facebook about my burdens. Mark Zuckerberg cares, right? And maybe it won't be so heavy if just three people hit love instead of just like. Oh, man, someone said, ha-ha. <laughs> now I'm even more heavy. Mm, right? I posted that an hour ago, and nobody said, are you okay? And then I wrote, I'll PM you. It's like three or four people are like, I don't get on Facebook. I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> yeah, I could just... I could just start preaching another language. You wouldn't know the difference, all right? Some of y'all need to get caught up. You got no Facebook talent. You got no social talent, all right? So, uh, all right, but we complain about things. So you have, look, let me tell you what. You have time to... You have time to get on Facebook. You have time to get on Insta and complain about your life. You have time to lift up and praise the God who can actually fix it instead of people that can just sympathize with you. You got time. You better lift them up. Put on the garment of praise. You're running around naked showing off how broken you are instead of getting fixed. That's what you're doing. The Bible says to put on a garment of praise instead of a spirit of heaviness. It's Isaiah 61.3, and it says this. It says a garment, another word for garment is a mantle. Say mantle. And it says it this way. 
It says the mantle of praise instead of a faint spirit. Another word for heaviness is a faint spirit. Spirit. A mantle is a positioning. It's an anointing. I am an apostle. I am, the, I am the head pastor of this church. That is my mantle. That is my position. What God is saying is some of you need to realize who you are. And when you put on that garment, you need to say, I'm here to be at the wedding. I'm here to be a leader. I'm here to be joyful. I'm here to be loved. And position yourself for blessing so that you don't get faint. See, the reason why you get faint is because you don't have a position. that You haven't stepped into your calling of what God has positioned you to. You shall walk and not grow weary. You shall run and not grow faint. But you won't do it if you won't put on the right garment. And that's the garment of praise. When you praise God, you will not faint. I know you feel weak. I know you feel overburdened. I know you feel heavy. When you are like that, when you will lift up the name of Jesus, when you exalt him, when you praise his name, you will not grow faint. It is a mantle. It is a leadership. It is an appointment to say, I'm a child of God who worships my God. And in that moment, you position yourself to unlock your calling. Or you can just keep complaining and fainting. You choose blessing or cursing because it comes out of the same mouth or the same type in fingers, okay? It comes out of the same mouth. God says in the old word, he says, I've given to you a blessing and a cursing, and it's yours to choose. You pick which one. You pick. Everyone picks the blessing, but nobody wants to do what you have to do to get it. I want to be blessed. I'll praise you when I get blessed. You are not blessed because you haven't praised him. That's how it works. It's the word. Ha. David said in Psalms, seven times a day will I praise you. You need to stop taking coffee breaks and you need to start taking praise breaks. That's what you need to do. Stop taking coffee breaks, stop taking smoke breaks, and start taking praise breaks. I'm telling you in the middle of your struggle, when you need to just walk it off for a second, what you need to do is shout it off, praise it off, sing it off, declare it off, glorify God off, and it will come off, and it will stay off. It will stay off your life if you learn to take little praise breaks. You got time. And guess what? God doesn't care about your talent of praise. Look, let me, let me tell you something about what happens when you misbehave, when you don't have self-control, when you act out, when you don't follow God's plan, but you complain and, and you go the wrong way with it. Look, there are blessings available to you, but one of the things is you have to have access to that availability. It's Christmas time. Kids, let me tell you something. I'm going to tell your parents something. And you're going to hate me in about a second, but that's okay because you have short attention spans, so you probably aren't listening anyways. So um, let's be honest, right? There, there are like, I don't know what it said this morning. You'll go, oh, it, good, church was good. Church was good. Well, what are you talking about? I don't know, but he's spitting. It's good. It's good. Okay. He's spitting. He's fired up. He said something. It was like, loud, 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 loud. Amen. Okay. <laughs> Two or three of them looked at me like, what did he say? They just did. <laughs> okay. Woo. Okay. So let, let me tell you something, okay? It's Christmas time. Uh, I did this one time. 
I, I decided one year that I was, I was tired. Like, like, I don't know what it is about kids. Like, it's like you got to be good for the presents. And like right before Christmas, they're doing good all year. And you got a kid that like did really good all year. And then right around Christmas time, they lose their freaking minds. Right? And it's like, do you not realize Christmas is coming? What? Do this after this. Like January when you got 11 months of repentance, easy. Okay? You'll be like, that was January. But you're doing it seconds before it's Christmas time. So I decided one year that I was, I was done. Okay? And so every time they acted up in December, I went to the tree and I took one gift. Bam! You ain't getting that one. And the tree got less and less. They were younger. And the tree got less and less. Okay? And every time they acted up, I'm like, nope, that one's not yours. And they're like, right? They could talk, but they just whine. Right? It's my story. Okay? And what my Legos, right? Don't complain about Legos. You're the one that bought them, okay? I don't want to hear anything about stepping on Legos in the middle of the night. You bought them, okay? So I don't want to hear it. You punish yourself. You want blessings, but then you buy Legos. Like, what do you think is going to happen? Use some brains, okay? God expects wisdom. All right, so <laughs> rabbit trail done. All right, so listen. So I take the presents, and I would get rid of them. And I taught them that, hey, what you, have what you have available to you, you do not have access to anymore because you have acted in a way that is not worthy of a child of mine to receive access to the blessings I have to give. They were yours. They were available to you. It was offered to you. I freely gave them to you. But then what you did is you didn't follow the rules. You didn't follow the outline that I laid out to keep these, so I've taken them from you. Some of you guys have lost presents from God. You lost gifts from God. You've lost out on blessings and opportunities where God was like, I want to give this to you so bad. And you didn't hold on. You didn't have any patience or self-control. You didn't surrender to God. And God said, ooh, I can't bless you with that. At least you think this is how you get it. Because if I reinforce bad behavior, come on, some parents should be amen to me right now. If I reinforce bad behavior, it'll just teach you to behave badly. Okay, what you, why do you think God is different? Why do we think God is different? If he gives it to us right then, it will reinforce that we're okay. Come on, some of you guys know some Christians in here that every other post is like, Jesus, oh my gosh, Jesus, what the, I gotta delete them, right? Bipolar Holy Spirit, right? We just gotta surrender our lives to God. I look so sexy, right? Like, come on, inappropriate, gotta go, right? I know that, thank you. <laughs> I know how Facebook works, okay? Right, all you guys on Facebook, right? We're live streaming because I know how it works, okay? Thank you for tuning in around the world. Uh, you can see Crystal to get an education on how to handle Facebook if you don't know. So just friend her, Crystal Kearns with K's. Crystal Kearns. Every one of my friends, Crystal Kearns with K's. Friend request her and send a message asking for her to tutor you in Facebook, how to handle Facebook correctly. Okay, she's going to answer every one of those because the pastor said. So please do it right now if you are watching online. Do that. <laughs> That's how you shut down the heckling right there, okay? 
All right, I could be a stand-up comic. I know how to shut down heckling. Bring that in my house. <laughs> I'll pull out your phone number. You're saying something again. I, you, try to, you try to teach me while I'm teaching you, I will give your phone number out to the world right now. They're going to call you. Your husband's going to be mad. You're going to get 12 proposals from foreign countries. It's going to be crazy. I feel like I watch a lot of other sermons, and I feel like none of those pastors ever get heckled. I'm doing something wrong. I need to figure out. I don't know. All right, so uh, I took... <laughs> So I took away the presents from my kids, okay? And they lost presents out from under the tree, and the tree just got barren and barren and barren. I don't know if I've ever told them this, so I might be telling on myself. But parents, you can use this one if your kids are not in this room. But I purposely wrapped like 10 empty boxes, okay? And so they would tick me off. I'd light the fire, and I'd kick it in the fireplace, and it would just burn. And they're like, ah! Right? And I'm like, that's right. You don't get that present. It was the best present too. I'm going to go second best present next time. Try me. Okay. It didn't always work with Eli. One time Eli was trashing his brother's things. And, and so I got really upset because he would mess with his brother's things. And then he would never let anybody touch anything of his. Like you couldn't touch it, but he would break their stuff. Okay. So finally I'm like, that's it. I had it. And I'm like, it's not nice. You don't want your brothers touching your favorite toy. Right. And I'm like, yeah, well, like which one's your favorite? Right, and he stupidly told me. Um, and so he told me his favorite, so I took it outside on the porch, and I went and got my ninja sword because I'm a ninja, so I have that, okay? And I took my ninja, I'm a Jew, I'm a ninja, so, okay, you get it. Uh, so I took my ninja sword, and I was like, this is your favorite toy? And I was like, and he was like, I was like, oh no, this ain't, this ain't a salad. This is some coleslaw. Okay? Anybody ready for me to close the sermon yet, or can I keep going for a few more minutes? Okay. That's what, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. Okay? That's where we're at, right? We're right there. Okay. And uh, I got done, and I turned around, and he's like this. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. You want to touch your brother's stuff again? He goes, that was awesome. Can I do one? You win, you can have your blessing. I got nothing. I completely lost that one. He was like, yeah, let's chop stuff up. My turn, my turn, my turn. So I had to switch gears. No, now I'm not going to let you break your toys because you were mean. So you can't break your toys. Start behaving, I'll let you smash your things. Dude, you work with what you got, okay? You work with what you got. You work with what you got. He's a good kid now, so the ba -ba 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 must have worked somewhere, okay? Uh, uh, that's a true story. Okay, except I didn't say pa pow pow. I was just chopping, okay? All right, so... Uh, So I took them away. They lost access because they, they disobeyed. Look, let, let me tell you something, okay? So we are disobedient sometimes in what we are called to do. We are called to bless God with our time, talent, and resources. 
right? Some of us are like, well, I gave extra time, so I don't got to give my talent. Or some of you are like, I gave time and talent, so I don't got to give my resources. So you hold back your resources. So you hold back your financial uh, aid to God, to his house, to his, to his missions, to what he's trying to do. You hold that back. Look, let me tell you something. And, and people will tell you, you know, you, you'll hear the prosperity gospel where they say, if you just sow a $1,000 seed, God will give you tenfold, right? How many of you guys understand there is no theology that is give to get? There is no theology that says that where God is saying, man, I'm so glad my people got, got the revelation of the give to get. Mm. That doesn't sound like God at all, does it? Right? But some of you guys are saying, unless I know I'm getting, I'm not giving. Okay? There's no spiritual principle of give to get. You cannot force God to give you something that was not meant for you just because you gave. Are we clear? You can't give money and force God to give you financial blessings that were not meant for you. But you can barricade your blessings behind closed doors of greed and gluttony. When you withhold the finances, financial blessing, when you hold the finances that belong to God, you cause his gifts of financial blessings to be unavailable to you. You can't release things that are not yours, but you can damn up the things that were meant for you. Okay? You didn't do what I said, and I had this present for you, but now I have to retract it lest I teach you to misbehave. So we make what was available unavailable. We no longer have access to what was ours. You're a son of God, but you cut yourself out of the will. You no longer become and are welcome to the wedding feast. He will never reward gluttony with a buffet. If you are holding on to everything that's yours, your time, your talent, your resources, that is gluttony. That is gluttony. You're saying, I want it all. And what you don't realize is you are eaten like a peasant when he's invited you to the table of a king. But because you chose not to obey, not to position yourself, not to get ready and walk in disobedience, he casts you from that blessing. He casts you from the availability, lest he teach you to do it again. Because he's a good father. Right? Here's the thing. You're welcome back in his house again. Right? When you go change and put on the wedding garment. Right? When you act appropriate. He won't reward gluttony with a buffet. So why would God withhold blessings? Because what he's really interested in is a relationship with you. He's the groom, and we're his bride. You can't have a relationship, any relationship, if there is no trust. Say trust. God, I trust you, but not with my finances. I don't trust you if I give to you that you'll make sure I have enough. Think about it. God wants us to trust him with our time. He wants us to trust him with our talents. He wants us to trust him with our resources. To simply obey him with faith, knowing he is good and he's working all things to our good. If you are not giving to God, if you are not blessing God, if you are not praising God, if you are not sacrificing and obeying God, it really comes down to one broken issue. You don't trust him. If you trusted him, you would not be weighing it so heavy in your soul. But I, I can't give because you. That means you don't trust him. 
Think about that. If you trusted him, like Peter trusted him to get out of the boat, but I'll sink in the water. Peter trusted him. The other 11 didn't. You can be a boat person or you can be a walk on water person. You can't be both. So if you don't, if you're not surrendering in obedience and sacrifice, then you really, it's about trust. And no relationship can survive without trust. Come on, y'all. Right? How many marriages do you think have lasted 20 years while, while the other person's checking up their location on their phone? Where are they at right now? How many minutes it take? It should take 12 minutes for you to get home right now, and it took you 13 and a half minutes. Where were you? I hit a red light. Oh, yeah? Let me see how many red lights there was. I'm going to check the program, see what time those red lights were. Some of you do that. Some of you are like, some of you, some of you are trying not to make eye contact with me. <laughs> I said something. <laughs> okay. I promise your relationship won't last. But I got to check up on him. Why? See, I got to check up on her. Why? If you can't trust him, find someone you can trust. And if you can't trust him because of you, fix your brokenness. Fix it. Because it will eventually break them and they will leave, I promise. I promise every single time. Don't tell me about what you've been through in your past. Because Jesus forgave you of your past and you're still busy holding on to everybody else's. Don't tell me about what you've been through. I know you've been through something. Deal with it. Have some self-control. Hand yourself over God's control. Let him heal your brokenness. Let him fix those issues and put trust back in your relationship. Because here's the reality. If you don't trust anybody else, you will constantly treat God like you treat other people. It's just a symptom, a circle. But when you truly trust God, you don't care about what people do to you. Let evil people do evil things. I choose to bless them instead. Let evil people do evil things because I trust God. I don't care if I trust you. I trust God so you can do whatever it is you want to do. I trust him. He's going to work all things to good for those who love him. And I choose to love him. So I don't need to worry about my trust level with you because I got a God that's handling it. Amen? When we trust God, obedience comes, sacrifice comes, and it becomes easy, and praise becomes our lifestyle. We have to put our wedding clothes on. We are the bride of Christ. Alone, I'm just a son, but together we become the bride. You're a son alone, but when we come together, we become the bride. <laughs> so you expect me to do all the preaching? All the praying, all the praising. We get up here for worship and we're the only ones praising. Couple of y'all. You get up here, you expect me to do all the preaching. You expect every time it's like, let's pray. Oh, that means pastor's going to pray and we're going to shut up. And you're wondering why you only have access to things that are available to a son and not to a bride. Because you're not the bride when you're absent from the unity. When you're not participating, you just absent. You say, I'm a son. I'll get whatever inheritance is left over. But mama going to get it all. How many of you guys understand that? You want it all? Then get in it all. Be involved in it all. If I'm doing all the praying, you're just a son. You're never going to become a bride. You're never going to have equal access to what God has if I'm the one doing it all. Whew. <laughs> when you start joining me, then we get access to everything else. When I start to pray and you won't stop, 
when I start to praise and you won't quit, then and only then will you get access to what you hoped was here for you this morning. Praying, praising, pressing into his presence, these are security clearances for your access. Let me tell you something, right? Any of you guys had to go through a security clearance to get access to something, right? Ken, you know, he had to pass security clearances in the military. You've been in the military. You know that you have to, you have to go through a process to get security clearance. There may be a door in your building, but it's got a lock on it, and you don't have a card to access it, right? Because you don't have clearance. It's available, There's a door. It's available. Other people are walking through it. It's right there, but you don't have access because you haven't bothered to access the security clearance that you need to do. Your praise, your your talent, your resources, your obedience, your sacrifice. Some of you need to get this. God has called you to live on a level of authority that has been locked down from you. You just don't have the clearance yet. You don't have the authorization to step through the door. In the world, the way that you get clearance for higher levels is those in authority, they check your past. They see if you've blown it, if you messed up, and if you've gotten in trouble. And then they determine based on your past what your future looks like. See, but what you don't realize is that God gives you clearance for the next level based on who you are trusting, not how trustworthy you have been. It's not based on what you have done. It's based on what he did for you on the cross that made it so that you are cleared for access to greater things based on his word, not yours. It's on who you're trusting not on how trustworthy you have been. Come on. That's what gives you security clearance. If you want access to the next level, then it's time to trust him with access to your life, access to your time, to your talent, to your resources. It's time to give him access to your heart, to your marriage, to your family, to your work, your friends, your Netflix playlist, and let him start to work in your life and release his will in your life. When God's will is flowing, your blessings will start showing. When God's will is flowing, your blessings will start showing. You need to stop damming up the blessings of God in your life by not responding correctly to what he's asking you to do. His will will be released in your life. See, let me say it this way. His will being released in your life is the dam breaker that looses everything. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What is the next line after that? Give us our daily bread. My will, says God, is to bless you, to meet all of your needs, if you will just recognize that I'm holy. If you'll just start out saying, my Father in heaven, you are holy. If you will open your mouth with praise and surrender to me, to my will, I'll bless you with the bread. I'll bless you with what you're looking for. That's how you get it. That's how you get to it. You praise him and you surrender to his will. Right? You're not in control. Yourself is removed and the Spirit has control. The fruit of the Spirit is spirit control. The word says to trust him. Let me read this to you real quick. And I'm going to close up here real soon. 
Jeremiah 17, 5 through 8 says this. This is what the Lord says. Cursed is the one who trusts in man, who draws strength from mere flesh, and whose heart turns away from the Lord. That person will be like a bush in the wastelands. They will not see prosperity when it comes. They will dwell in the parched places of the desert, in a salt land where no one lives. But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord. So the key to getting blessing is trusting in the Lord, whose confidence is in Him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to be fruitful. Some of you trust your job more than you trust Jehovah. Some of you trust your government more than you do your God. You're waiting on your government. You're waiting on your job. You're waiting on your boss to provide for you. When you flip the script and you trust your God, he will meet all of your needs according to whose riches and glories? His riches and glories. But you're busy hanging on to a government's riches and glories. You're busy hanging on to your company's riches and glories. You're busy hanging on to your spouse or your, your family or your inheritance, riches and glories, because you don't really understand that it's in him that you are stored up treasures in heaven and stored up treasures here. 1 Peter 3.9 says it this way, Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing. Because to this you were called, so that you may inherit a blessing. When you repay evil, it doesn't say to say blessing. Don't say you're blessed. To repay, to act, to move on that blessing. When someone's evil against you, I don't have to trust you. I don't have to like you. I don't have to agree with you. But the word says don't repay you with evil, but instead repay you with good because I trust him and that's how I inherit blessing. So I'm going to trust the way he does it, not the way you do it. I'm not going to argue with my boss. I'm not going to beg you guys to give. I trust him, right? I said, oh boy, I'm going to give a word and it has some money in it. It has some, you know, it's more than that. But it's got some talk on money. That's scary. And he says, do you trust me? And I'm like, well, I can't preach this if I don't, can I? But I might offend a few people. So what? I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I'd rather you leave here offended and have a chance at blessing than live your whole life wondering why everybody else got theirs and you never got yours. Why everyone else seemed to always come through, but you were always hanging on and barely making it. When you look at your life, is it a life that's lived in obedience and sacrifice? Or are there other things more worthy of your time, your talent, and your resources than God? When I was praying about this to the Lord, I asked him, I said, Lord, what do you want to say to your people? I'm going to close with this. He said this, I've given my people a lockbox. Inside, I have stored up for them an inheritance of blessing. They only need to open it to gain control of it. The key is simply to surrender to me and my will. Let my spirit take control. When you trust me, you unlock all of me. When you unlock all of me, you will have everything added to you that you have cried out for. You want your answer, and I just want you. You are my desire. You are my blessing. You are my creation. In all of creation, you stand apart. I'm ready to bless you. Come to my feast, but be ready. Be clothed with a garment of praise. 
Be steadfast in my mercy by putting on the armor of God and walk in my fruit of my spirit so I can protect you from the evil one. Bless those that come against you and you will resist the evil one. He will lose his grip on you and you will be free. Do not be afraid to get lost in my presence. It's the only way you will ever be found. I will then set you apart. I will choose you for an inheritance that you can't measure. You cannot count. You cannot contain. And you cannot match. God wants to bless you this morning. He wants to break the hold of the evil one over your life. And His Word gives us the tools to do it when we just surrender to His will and fully trust Him. So I choose to lose control of myself. Self, I give my control to God. I choose to walk by His will, walk by His statutes and His standards. I choose to live the blessed life. I choose to. And I can't tell you what a shift, 41 years old, and the shift I've taken over the last couple years. I can't tell you what it's like on the other side. But I can promise you this, in this case, the grass is greener over on my side. Amen? I promise it's greener because your father owns cattle on a thousand hills. He's got a lot of grass. It's greener on his side. When you surrender, you will see. Or you can wander the desert, your choice. Keep holding on to everything for yourself. Turn it over to him and, and see what happens. See what happens.